Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Pop Salsa. I am your host, like always, Joel, accompanied by my good buddy, Ernesto. Hello, everyone. We are recording uh, remotely again today uh, for various reasons, but I feel like today we should start the episode acknowledging and paying our respects for a legend, a legend who died uh, earlier this week, Neil Adams. For those of you who don't know, Neil Adams was a comic book artist uh, from the 60s and 70s, revolutionized the look and the way we think of uh, most comic book characters of today, Most, more famously Batman. Yeah, he was um, the one who, uh, who essentially brought Batman from the campiness of, uh, was it the 60s? Yeah, the six, Adam West, right? Yeah, the '66 Batman, Adam West, uh, campiness, and brought this gritty, dirty, realistic look to to, to Batman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even more so to the Joker. You know, every, every performance of the Joker that we see today in video games, movies, uh, animated TV shows, can be directly accredited to to him and uh, the way he essentially turned the Joker into, like, a clown to this complete psychopath. Yeah. His, uh, his comic was, which was, what, the Joker's Five-Way Revenge? Yeah, Freezing. 19, 1973. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it won't really uh, hold up nowadays, especially given the level of violence that we're accustomed to, but when it did come out, it was, uh, it was very terrifying. And also, like you said, it brought a new dynamic to the Joker that we don't really see up to that point comic fans haven't seen up to that point yeah like you have to take into consideration like there's always been this code of ethics Mm. essentially like watchdogs for comic Mm. comic books (laughs) and they like what the mpaa is for movies they they did the same for comics you know made sure that that the that these comic books were kid friendly kid appropriate Mm -hmm. and you know you take you look at uh, the five ways joker's five-way revenge and you see the drawings, and you can see where in 1973 time, times, it's not really appropriate for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we say thank you for him, and uh, thank you for advocating for the rights of the creators. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for those of you who don't know, uh, Bob Kane is credited, well, for the longest time was credited as the creator of Batman. You know, back in the day, these these comic book artists and, and writers were hired as like a freelance, essentially. So whatever work they, they made and created was owned by the person who hired them. Yeah. And, and Neil Adams was like, hey, that's not right. Uh, Bill Finger was the one who really created the Batman that we know and love today. You know, he made Robin Joker. Uh, mm-hmm. The bat, the bat cave, like a whole bunch of stuff that that's synonymous to, with Batman. It was all Bill Finger and Neil Adams. For the longest time, was advocating for them to get, you know, some kickback from the studios. And thanks to him, now whenever we see a Batman movie at the end of the credits, if you guys stay long enough to see them, <laughs> it's it's always you know based on characters created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yeah, exactly, and it, and it wouldn't have happened if this uh, very prolific creator didn't stand up. Exactly. Right, like even even back in the day, he worked with like Stan Lee to what effectively make the Academy version of comics. I think. What they, what, I think oh, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's essentially uh, it was the Academy of Comic Book Arts, 
and it's an advocate to you know have something like the Academy of Motion Picture Arts, but for comics. It's because I feel like back then comics wasn't even now. It's not really a medium that's respected, but now he uh, Neil Adams was able to bring that forward. Yeah, he was able for that. Yeah, they were able to legitimize the 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 art that is a comic book. Exactly. You know, it's something that a lot of us, uh, you know, it's the root of our fandom. You know, we all started watching either some animated comic book TV shows, movies, comic books themselves, and that spawned our imagination and that bled into other other things. And for I know for at least myself, you know, I. I, I grew up watching, like, my entry to Batman, which is my favorite comic book character, was the Batman animated TV sh- series mm. from the 90s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot, all of that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for uh, Neil Adams advocating for and, and reimagining the, the character. Exactly. It, it seems like the, this uh, love for the character was able to advocate and was able to elevate them and it influenced generations to come and that's that's the best thing that a creator can do nowadays yeah exactly so we thank we thank him and um surely the the world of comic books will not be the same without him yeah i'm kind of getting choked up a bit because <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's him and then like all these creators are gone not not to take away from the moment i'm sorry but you know stan lee's gone like all yeah. these advocates who are there since day one and know the impact of comics, especially to the younger minds, are effectively gone. And I'm I'm afraid to just see where the property will go in the hands of not saying there are less people who are not like Neil Adams, but someone as prolific as Neil Adams, it's difficult to imagine where a where Batman would be without him. You know? Yeah, and for uh, for other people and a whole generation of you know. Uh, young kids, especially African American kids, he created the John Stewart uh, mm. Green Lantern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was really like the first mainstream, like super popular African American uh, superhero. There wasn't a villain. I mean, Black Manta. Yeah, like a villain, but yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Oh gosh. Yeah, I, I remember I, I was listening to a interview he he had going on ten years now mm. when he was still fighting for. Uh, for the rights to to comic book creators and um he was saying like he didn't understand why the ryan reynolds movie was um fuck what's his name <laughs> i forgot his name uh, uh john not john no, no it the was green lantern? Uh, yeah the green lantern fuck. Uh, oh gosh <laughs> yeah i'm blanking on his goddamn name anyways uh, it, how how come it wasn't john stewart they should have done john stewart because there was this whole generation of kids who grew up watching the Justice League Unlimited TV TV show, and their Green Lantern was Jon Stewart. Exactly, Hal Jordan. Hal um, Jordan, exactly. Exact, there you no, go. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly right. He's uh, even even though we always say uh, not not a, not a lot, but we say uh, it's of its age, right? Especially when it comes to insensitive like comics or video games or something like that. But like Neil Adams was during that time, and he was still a forward thinker. Exactly. Right? It, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, that's because the era doesn't paint know who you are, but he's like, even like with Stanley and him, where they wanted to elevate comics to this degree that would be widely accepted. Because, like, why, yeah, why would it matter if a Green Lantern would be, would rather be Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart, right? Yeah. Or as heroes. long as, yeah, as long as the character was properly written and well developed, 
didn't matter like the the, the skin color the, the gender and he saw that and he just so happened to choose that hey there is this avenue that we're not exploring that there's a gap we could fill and so let's make green lantern uh, a black character mm-hmm. but more importantly it was a really good green lantern right right exactly yeah so we thank you neil Anyways, moving on. Let's uh, <laughs> like the moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's uh, discuss some of the goings ons that has been happening since we last recorded. Um, right off the bat, you know, we they announced that there was going to be a Fast and Furious ten, mm-hmm. and I think for the last uh, four or five, <laughs> uh, the director. Let me see what's his name. Something Lynn. Damn it. Is it is it Jimmy Lynn? Jim James Lynn maybe. James Lynn. Mm, uh, fast 10 probably should have been prepared for this it's <laughs> <laughs> a charm yeah uh, fast director Justin Lin there you go oh, Justin Lin. he quit the movie 10 days into shooting citing oh yeah citing disagreements and behavioral problems with Vin Diesel oh no I yeah, love Vin well, Diesel <laughs> okay <laughs> No, like, uh, I, well, it's because I, uh, he, he's uh, someone who's very passionate, but yeah, to see that, like, I can feel like he's kind of a diva. Yeah, I mean, multiple occasions, you know. Yeah, we could just go back to when The Rock exited the franchise, mm-hmm. and there was like this whole public blow up between him and Ben Diesel, and now we're getting the sense that whatever issue was having stemmed with uh, Vin Diesel, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like I'm, the, the the movie makes billions of dollars, so it's gonna happen either way. Those, those movies are pretty much cut and paste. So are they I though? Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they're, it's essentially a, a, a fucking Transformers movie without the cars turning into robots. Oh, that's fair. I was gonna say, <laughs> at least there's robots on that one. <laughs> yeah, um, they got the the replacement director. So I'll you know full steam ahead with that movie, but it's it's interesting to see that you know one bad egg could essentially ruin a a relationship, and and not just one but multiple. Right. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know I don't know where Vin Diesel is. Like, what does he want? I mean, he's he's essentially breaking up the band. I uh, like I don't know if he has a grand. Is he like the Kevin? Is he the Kevin Feige of a? Uh... Fast and the Furious? <laughs> you know I don't think he has the, the foresight to be able to put something <laughs> together. Because, like, you, you look at the movies, mm-hmm. and they're really not much different from each other. Mm. You know? So that's why I said it's cut and paste. Essentially, the, the first... Well, not, I want to say the first one, because that one was actually about racing. But right, right. from, like, <laughs> five on, they were just like, hey, this is my family, and we're going to go rob a bank or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or a secret agent. Like, yeah, I, I, it sucks that you know, creative differences, and especially on a franchise you've, you've literally gave years of your life to, mm-hmm. just to leave because you have a disagreement. Like that sucks and all, but I feel like the franchise will be fine. <laughs> like, what? Uh, no, no offense on the director, but what magic is it really necessary to just have cars do outrageous things? You know? Yeah, that's that's essentially the same thing I'm saying. It's like it's not yeah. like like a nolan where he actually you could tell it's a nolan movie you know it's (laughs) it's a it's a (laughs) what was supposed to be a movie about racing turned into something that's completely different and somehow they figured out that they want to make 
10 of these. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, this movie made a billion, so I guess we'll make another one. Where exactly. Where do you want to go this time? Space? Space. Like, <laughs> Is this a movie, a movie franchise that you watch or no? Oh, no. No. Mm. And not because it's a bad movie, right? Because... Uh, I don't feel like there's not a movie yet that's been like, except for in Miami Vice, where I'm like, oh, wow, this really sucks. I hate it. I'm going to walk out. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of deal. But I just don't like, I don't really care much for cars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the cars thing really became secondary at, mm. at some point. You know, like the first two and three were really folk, car-centric focus about the racing and stuff like that. But then somewhere down the line, it, it just turned into like, heist movies <laughs> right and like uh, it just you you try to make the connection from the, especially from the first one you know they were trying to rob a, a truck full of tv vcr combos TV combo, <laughs> not even a full truck mind you it's yeah like a, it's just a kind of full truck <laughs> yeah shit that, you, that for today would be junk right um yeah it, it went from them to saving the world which is like how how do you make that leap? <laughs> but you know it, it has what what's amazing is that for the past few movies it's had this stellar fucking cast. Right, right. Idris Alba showed up, right? Idris Alba, John Cena, John Cena Charlize Theron. Right, and she she appeared multiple times. Fucking Helen Mirren. Oh really? Yeah, Jason Momoa. Right. Oh my gosh. It, it's, uh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They can't all be winners because, you know, Cardi B and Bow Wow are in it. But, <laughs> hey, at least... Uh, <laughs> you get what you get, you know. Yeah, exactly. Michael <laughs> Rucker's in this one. Oh, right, right. Brie Larson, Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's like the Marvel of cars. You know? <laughs> it's just like A-list actors. Like, why are you here? We're just here to have fun and get a paycheck, you know. So yeah, it's... it's <laughs> the marvel of car movies but without any actual direction <laughs> maybe this is what marvel and dc should be just ma- mind-numbing <laughs> two and a half hour you know money-making machines i guess yeah. i mean you're, you're you hate yourself for paying the ticket price but at least you're satisfied to some degree right yeah like the last one i saw was seven and that mm-hmm. was the one with they killed uh when um fuck what's his name paul walker died Oh, and like what was interesting, really only the only reason why I wanted to watch it is because he died while they were filming the film. Mm-hmm. So I was interested in seeing how they were going to incorporate his his two uh, brothers as doubles and the, the CGI effect to like superimpose his his uh, face onto them. Right. And it was funny, though, because like you could clearly tell when when Paul Walker was in a scene and when when his siblings were in it, because it was a, a massive height difference. <laughs> from the back, right? I yeah, from the back and from the right. front, and and it was it was it was weird. But that was the last time. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna watch these movies anymore because it's not what they used to be. <laughs> Whatever that may be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not what they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So big news coming out of CinemaCon. Mm. Avatar two footage was CinemaCon. What's it called? Yeah, CinemaCon. CinemaCon, right? Yeah, There's CinemaCon. so many fucking cons right now that who knows how to keep them in, in which one's which. Right. But <laughs> Avatar, big news coming from the Avatar camp. The movies are going to be sequels, but independent stories from one another. Oh. And yeah, 
and they debuted some footage, which you actually saw because you got to see, uh, you've seen uh, Doctor Strange 2 already. Right, yeah. And they showed, uh, they showed, was it Avatar, The Way of Water? And it wasn't a lot of dialogue. It was just kind of like uh, glamour shots, you know, vistas and stuff like that. And uh, I'm not very, I'll be honest, I'm not a very big Avatar fan. In fact, I don't really like the film. And I don't think I'm going to like this film either. <laughs> because it seems like the main baddie is humans again. I mean, I guess you could say that. It's like, the whole thing with Avatar with me was like, the story wasn't strong enough for what it was. And I didn't even bother seeing it. You know, like, <laughs> I, I saw the trailer and all that stuff. And like this, like you said before, Dancing with Wolves, but in space. Right. right. And... Yeah, I give it to James Cameron because he has revolutionized the way films are made. Mm-hmm. He invents a lot of technology. But come on, dude. It's Avatar. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I don't really... Uh, what what didn't gripe with me was is that it's very, uh, I don't know, one-sided, I suppose. Like, I get, I understand why humanity is very, uh, very desperate, but we don't really ex- we see that. Mm-hmm. Right, and this movie and the sequel, what I saw, Way of Water, it seems like it's going to be the same along those lines. Like, I, like I don't understand, because there's, there's three more movies <laughs> coming, right? So, I think there's going to be five. Five movies? Okay, so that's, that's even worse. <laughs> there's yeah. Five more <laughs> movies, and all of them, if they're really going to be kind of like these environment, it feels like an environmental PSA to be honest yeah the first one is deforestation right because there's a true big tree that they're trying to take but there's an element that they need you know the MacGuffin element to uh succeed but now in a way of water it seems like it's going to be the same things but just water related so pollution maybe (laughs) to some degree in the water yeah i mean my whole thing with this movie is that you can clearly tell that James Cameron was all butthurt that Endgame took his spot as the the number one grossing movie of all time (laughs) good and yeah exactly good and he's there's been interviews with the the producer and the director being like yeah this movie's gonna top that so i'm I'm wondering to see is it really gonna do that because the last avatar movie came out in 2009 Mm. that's what 13 years ago yeah yeah is is that the the audience still gonna be there i i don't even think so it's gonna be like star wars and not, yeah. not the new one, but, you know, when at the time in 77, Star Wars was this revolutionary movie, right? And it, it literally affected generations of people. But now that it's all said and done and there's multiple movies that have taken advantage of that technology and have been able to tell arguably better stories, I don't think Avatar will be able to compare to, say, like, another Marvel film as cut and paste as they are. Would you hope that if this movie tanks, they'll kill the Avatar projects? Oh yes. <laughs> I, See, but that's a, like, like that's the thing. There's I don't know if there's like a full. Be, on, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like a full on like major production company that's behind this because this is all James Cameron. Mm. So we know that James Cameron is arrogant as fuck. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's gonna make money. Uh, yeah, like, for I, sure. Bottom line, it's going to make money. It won't be as uh, triumphant as I think he's making it out to be. Because he's making it out to be like it's the second coming of Jesus, right? Like, <laughs> this film is going to revolutionize humanity. It's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wasn't the last film you worked on a Terminator film that flopped? And it's yeah. like, no, and ignore it, that. 
It's funny though because like it's been, there's been multiple Terminator films that he's been involved with one way or another, and he's been every time he's been like, yeah, this movie's gonna be awesome, and yeah. they come out and stink. Yeah, because he has no. And then the recent one, I feel so sorry for the director, but it seems like he was a nightmare to work with. He yeah, was literally right behind his back. Like, oh, why, why are you taking this shot? You know, like the everyone's nightmare in a production. You have the producer, right. On behind you, judging you and questioning your choices. So I could just imagine Avatar, uh, not maybe not to that extent because he's in full control, but just the narrative feels like it's going to be meandering and pedantic. You know, like it's the same thing <laughs> sort of deal. Exactly. It's just like there there is credit to give to James Cameron. You know, the, absolutely. The he's Terminator. You know, just just that alone. Yeah. But also the way he's invented technology to film the movies he wants to film. Mm. But he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you know? He really is. So do you think this is uh, this is like the prequel trilogy for Lucas, right? The Crystal Skull for Jackson. Uh, well, no, not Spielberg. Uh, Hobbit for Jackson. Do you think this is going to be that this round of films where, like, where did you, why did you do this, Cameron? Sorry. See, I... I feel like, yes, but because he is so arrogant, he's not going to pick up on that. Mm. He's going to be... It's like that meme that uh, that Simpsons meme. is like, am I out of touch? Like, no, it's the kids who are out of touch. Right. <laughs> so, right, yeah. So, like, um, when he was shit-talking about uh, Wonder Woman, he mm. was saying that Wonder Woman isn't a, a positive female role model, and... And then he brought yeah. it back to he brought it back to his movies, oh. like oh my character yeah you should you should pay attention to my character because my character is is an awesome character for for young you know young women to to look up to it's like not Wonder Woman, but what? my character yeah. It was Sarah Connor, <laughs> like, <laughs> like like you said, give credit credit is due. Yes, he, he to some degree he's right. Right, Sarah Connor was that was that female character along the lines of Ripley. Yeah, he was able to take charge within the narrative during a time that most women weren't given that opportunity. But to like slam a character that was essentially used, you know, to explore oneself. Right. In in case you didn't know, Wonder Woman's very was even when she was created, her uh, like her I forget Charles I forget his last name, but his creator uh, was very uh, open in a way that wasn't allowed at that time. Exactly. To explore oneself. Yeah, it's it's like without Wonder Woman, your character wouldn't have existed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So you you wouldn't be able to see that version. Like, oh, we can experiment with a character that doesn't have to be defined by her sexual organs and stuff like that. And that's what Wonder Woman is known for. You know, what, what was her uh, her saying? Like, love. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, like prosperity, because you know how like it's uh, justice, and then it's like hope for Superman, and it's like like love. Like yeah, woman. she was the perfect character to round out like this, you know, male-dominated uh, medium, and mm-hmm. and the character like was created in a sense to like show that not just like young women but like boys as well. It's like you don't necessarily have to be like the super buff dude to be a badass. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, yeah, James Cameron, man, I just the, uh, uh, if lately, yeah, he's just been his his film, especially with Avatar. I, I don't I, I'm a very empathetic person and I can feel connections with the very bare bones of things but when it comes to Avatar I just don't I just don't feel much about that 
Yeah, it's it's 100%. It's James Cameron should just stick to, you know, building submarines and going in the ocean. Yeah, make the Titanic again. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I feel like when I heard that the movie, that second Avatar was going to be mainly centered in water, it kind of reminded me that, that, yeah, James Cameron has, like, this deep-sea diving operation that he's doing. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So, like... It's it's a it's a it's perfect for him in in the sense that he's already into that, but we don't really need another Avatar movie, let alone five. Right, and them all having kind of standalones, I suppose. Because I, I yeah, I, other than not seeing it, that I just don't see the, the the conflict within it. If it's gonna be like, oh, they're gonna start fighting each other or something like that, I don't think he's gonna be that kind of the kind of narrative creator. Yeah. Um, the movie is set to, to be released later this year. Yeah, yeah. Are are you gonna watch it? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so as much as I hate it, <laughs> so you're gonna hate watch it. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in with very low expectations because I've only watched I've watched Avatar as well, but I've only watched that once, and then everyone got on you know the hype train and started derolling it. Mm-hmm. So this one i'll probably watch just to see like you said what interests me more is seeing a uh, is seeing the industry saturated with more fleshed out properties compared to avatar at the time yeah like it'll be amazing if you know it takes 13 years for him to finally make this movie all the shit talking he's doing <laughs> all the the money he invests and the movie just flops <laughs> i'll just frame his reaction Exactly, and yeah. like put it on my fridge, and, my and then the bitch storm that he's gonna unleash after. Yeah, yeah, you just don't understand, man. <laughs> you don't understand my art. It's all yeah. Marvel and DC's fault. They're just content and streaming and Netflix. It's their fault. It's exactly, <laughs> fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. So. A few months ago, we got news that Warner Brothers was working on a <laughs> Wonder Twins film. I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the collective fan base was like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and the way it was, it was like reading and the, the way they were trying to develop the movie, clearly, to me at least, got the sense that they were trying to appease to that, you know, that super inclusive audience that they imagine actually want to watch these movies mm. the same like they did with the comic books right, and right. because of the the recent discovery warner brothers merger they killed that that film rightfully so yeah like we made huge jokes about it and i think fondly about those jokes just because i i just don't know where they would take this other than making it like a breaking bad episode where one of the twins is addicted to coke and one of them is like, you know, form of syringe or something like that. Yeah. They can't even. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it's like, okay, so the, my my exposure to the the Wonder Twins obviously comes from the old uh, Justice League. Was it Justice Super Super Friends mm, from the yeah. 70s with when I was from the Hanna Barbera uh, cartoon when I was watching them on Bo- Boomerang and the repeats in like the mid 90s. Right, right. And Same. they were, yeah, they were always like the, while the real heroes went off to fight the villain, they stayed back and like one of them turned into a mop and the other one turned into water and they cleaned up the, the Hall of Justice. <laughs> so how can you make a dynamic, you know, two hour feature with these 
lame ass characters. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I just, I pictured a Hanna Barbera artwork, and I just can't picture that, like, say, in the setting of the Batman. Mm-hmm. Like one of the twins is like I don't know a prostitute or something, and one of them <laughs> is like an enforcer for the mob. Like I don't, I just, I, because I, they're they're very uh, other than Shazam. See, Shazam worked fairly well, bringing this kind of outrageous-ish character into the forefront of contemporary film, right, or movies. But for the Wonder Twins, I uh, like in the name itself just feels outrageous. Yeah, especially because the their powers is so limited. Mm. <laughs> like one could turn into various types of animals which is dope but the other one could only take form of water <laughs> so like what what the hell is he gonna do like is is um fucking is aquaman gonna be like hey i need some water over here <laughs> <laughs> like i'm feeling very parched let me drink your brother <laughs> something, I don't know. or sister i don't know i don't remember who which of the twins could turn into water and only water? Yeah. But another, one Hanna-Barbera character that I would love to see is Space Ghost. Oh, I already knew it. <laughs> I didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yes, 100%. I would love to see that. I, I have, like, dreams of, you know, a Justice League film, and they're getting their ass kicked, and then all of a sudden, from the sky, from the space, comes this shadowy figure, and boom, <laughs> Space Ghost, you know? <laughs> He's going to be, you know, the Iron Man, man. He's the, for DC. He's going to yeah. revolutionize the formula. <laughs> well, the, the article I was reading, um, it does give off that that now they have some sort of direction. You know, last time we talked, we, we talked that how Discovery wanted to have their own Kevin Feige role mm. for the DCU. But this character feels like, hey, they're going to this this the article I read, I mean gave off the impression that they were actually thinking about how to make quality films with you know the 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 pantheon of of superheroes that dc has yeah right rightfully so i mean most of these characters and then some extent they're ideals and that alone should make them vastly different compared to the marvel films where most of them are you know they start human and they're very grounded to some degree but for something like shazam i want to be just a superhero film in the purest sense, exactly. Or Superman or Batman, right? In the good versus evil. Maybe some more ambiguity, especially with the Batman, but something that will be much more, uh, more uplifting in a way. Yeah. the The article also alluded to that they're considering scrapping the J.J. Abrams Superman movie. Mm. And that one again. The one what they're going to do a black Superman. Oh, is that like Kal L, right? I, I don't really know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what did interest me was Sorry. that they're looking for a script that would hint to the possible return of Henry Cavill. You have me interested? Yeah, that had me interested. Anymore? That's it? That's all the article provided. So hopefully within the coming weeks and months, there'll be more revelations onto that. But... Mm. We, Fucking Henry Cavill, God damn it! <laughs> I know I'm already getting flustered just yeah. thinking about his arm. I mean, um, him. As a <laughs> My mouth started to water. <laughs> <laughs> where's, the, where's that Wonder Twin we're talking about? I'm exactly. Getting thirsty. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, that's fantastic. But, yeah. I mean, that, that's fantastic news. I was just t- talking to someone about Man of Steel and and uh, how many gripes I have with Man of Steel, but the core gripe was just making this character less of who he was. 
he represents. Yeah, like uh, the article uh, provided to us by comicbooknews.com uh, that they shout also out. shout out. Yeah, they also <laughs> scrapped uh, Batwoman and DC Legends of Tomorrow from the CW shows. Mm, right, um, that's right. They did cancel those, didn't they? And blah blah blah. Discovery wants to overhaul DC and, and possibly related is that it has been said that J.J. Abrams and Ty Neishi Coates Superman mm-hmm. movie may no longer be about black Superman as it is rumored that uh, Coates handed in a draft of a script which leaves it open for the return of Henry Cavill. Oh, fantastic. So they're going to go the other way basically yeah rather than hinting they're just gonna kind of bring him back to some degree do you think that jj abrams would give you know the henry cavill superman it's justice yes but don't let him make another one (laughs) (laughs) one and done right one and done because he has an issue with completion yeah so i feel like some of like look at star trek like the first one was a fantastic base and then he leaves and then it falls apart, and then he comes back, and then it, it, it's kind of vagary again. Same with uh, Skywalker Saga. Right? The first one was a nice foundation, and then the second one he gave it to someone, and he came back, and he was trying to fix everything. Yeah, but with the Skywalker Saga, that's more of you know the higher-ups at Lucasfilm rather than him. You know, They, they had intended mm. before they even announced that J.J. was going to direct the first one, that, that, there was, that each movie was going to have its own writer and its own director. Right, right. Like, I feel like maybe if J.J. was in charge of all three, I'm not saying that the movie would have been an amazing, or like the the uh, three-film saga would have been amazing, but at least Mm -hmm. it would have made more sense. Right, if he was there to some degree, but he just left to do Star Trek again. Yeah. Or the other Star Treks. But even with Star Trek, he left with that one as well, and then it kind of like fell apart without him because he does a great beginning. He starts off great. He, He leaves all these these dangling threads that all of us kind of chomp at the bit at but then he leaves and does something else be it production wise or just kind of personal wise i don't know why he did yeah i mean he already produced that um was it black bright blackburn or something like that was like the evil superman was that him oh right 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like he he already has an experience handling like this god character um but i remember back when the original plans for that DC had for uh, the Justice League, they had talked about a possible director for Man of Steel 2, George Miller. George Miller? Yeah, from uh, Mad Max fame. For Man, of, for Man of Steel 2? Yeah. That would have been an interesting take just because, like, George Miller's fucking insane. <laughs> and <laughs> But in a good way, you know? Right, right. So I would have loved to seen his take of like just this crazy senile old fucking Australian dude having Superman <laughs> to play with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been an interesting take. I, I just picture Mad Max with him. I feel like Superman in Mad Max. That's all I picture. I mean, hey, you don't have to say much more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um. It's interesting and, and sad in a way, not in a way, but it's definitely sad that, you know, we have this Superman that's a perfect specimen of a human being mm. and they can't really figure out the best way to do that. Yeah, I, I feel like if James Cameron, James Cameron, not James Cameron, geez, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Right? I, I don't, I, other than Super 8, but 
I, it's it's difficult to to bring this character. I know the the idea is like, oh, he's a god. It's it's difficult, but you can kind of ground him to some degree through other people who see him. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like. I feel like they're they're afraid that the like it's like say for for uh, for No Way Home, right? A, a lot of the narrative weight is given to the past movies, and they just kind of move on with the next conflict and beat for beat, right? They they just they don't talk down to you, they don't sit you down like, hey, let me explain to you what's happening with all these Spider Men and why they're here. Right? They just go on and they just trust that the audience has some general understanding on who these Spider Men are. Exactly, but, but for Superman, we all know who Superman is. Like your mom's mom probably knows who Superman is, and you know the generality of his powers. Then why not just build from there and move forward? But I feel like people, especially WB, are are, are like, will they think this character, who's basically a god, is unrelatable? Like sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to have a, a, a director, and or, or even more so, a writer who really understands the character, like. Superman, yeah, on the surface, he is this alien god that could destroy and rule the planet at, at a whim. But he grew up, you know, studying humans, studying Americans. And his reflection, like, his image portrayal is a reflection of what we are, you know? And and I feel like, I feel like there has to be a, char- a director and a writer who understands that completely. And um, unfortunately, you know, I, I like Man of Steel for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are obviously a lot, of, a lot wrong with it, but I feel like that was a take that made sense for the story, you know. Yeah. And it, and yeah. And I don't see that's the thing. Like, is there a char- Is there a director or a writer out there that knows the character? Because it's not going to be fucking David Goyer. <laughs> 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 fucking. Oh. What seems to be fucking uh, Warner Brothers' go-to for writing superhero movies? Right. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand personally. But uh, all right. See, so how about this? Let me pitch you a director, and I'm probably. I feel like you're gonna say yes. So that's mm-hmm. a very high bar. Taika Waititi. Yeah, that that could be a good director. I mean, like we've watched uh, together, and I didn't know how emotionally impactful it was gonna be because I didn't watch it. But we watched Jojo Rabbit together, and like. There's a there's a balance of happy kind of like childish wonder and then out of nowhere reality hits. Yeah, heartbreakingly so. Right, heartbreakingly so. Exactly. So imagine that with Superman. You have the character who's essentially not a child as in like, you know, acting like Shazam in a way, like Billy Batson, but he's had this ideal of humanity from his parents and he loves his parents and to an extension he loves humanity. Yeah. But then out of do the Taika Waititi magic and out of nowhere uh, Martha uh, like Martha dies of a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. Yeah, something, something that, that yeah something that he him. yeah something he can't prevent. Exactly. Like he could easily you know a, a, a building that's falling or a bridge that's collapsing or something go in save everybody, but you know something that plagues humans which is disease he can't do anything to prevent that. Exactly. So yeah, I, I feel like Taika Waititi would be an amazing. Uh, director for uh, he would have an amazing take on superman yeah and i feel like he would have fun with it exactly which is what superman is supposed to be (laughs) but the one thing i i i would worry me is that does he know the character you know like we have taika waititi obviously uh directing thor involved in the star wars but those are all movies that were already like 
pre-made and stuff like that. You know, they had they were pre-planned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm saying, like, if we're gonna start from the start, get somebody. If we're gonna start from the beginning, get somebody who knows the character. So I'm thinking, why not Kevin Smith? Oh, see, as a nerd, Kevin Smith is like my go-to, right? Yeah. Like he has a he has particular views on comics that I'll probably never able to see because just you know he's been there since the beginning he's worked exactly. with creatives but I, I would not like a a superman film that's just fan service you know mm, okay you know because he, he knows what we like <laughs> he obviously yeah. knows what we like and i don't want to see a film where it's it's the the greatest hits of superman look he's he's running faster than a bullet or something like that yeah. Or you know all those all those clichés as much as I'd love to see Kevin Smith, I would like to see a director that takes Superman not only in new directions but something that does honor maybe I would like to see him write. Yeah, that's what that's what I was thinking. So why not have Kevin Smith Kevin Smith write and Taika Waititi direct? Oh. Oh my gosh. That was, <laughs> because uh, like well, as you, as you said, uh Taika was there when there's uh, he takes movies when there's structure already applied, right? Yeah, but when I see Ragnarok, the character is, is not as bad as Man of Steel, you know, with Dark World and Thor One, but it, it's the character that we don't know where they would take in a creative sense. But he takes the character and he goes running with it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll love to see from you know Man of Steel Superman that we see is kind of brooding, kind of you know not as a the hope that we like to see, and him take the complete opposite and go running with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you could start off the movie like the first half hour. Of him in that brooding state, and then all of a sudden he comes to the realization, being external or internal factors, that he needs to be what Jorel was telling him. You know, the guiding light for humanity. Right, yeah. right. And I would love to see a, a Superman like in Justice League, or like that. We we just get a glimpse, not not black suit Superman, but like as much as we don't really care much for the original cut, they did do Superman like a glimpse of what was possible. Yeah, of like, like that the dad ha- jokes. Right. The happy-go-lucky Superman that we we know from the comics. Right, yeah, right. Like, he comes in and, like, uh, uh, Steppenwolf is whooping on Cyborg. He's like, is this man bothering you? And it's like, <laughs> really, Soups? It's like, is this the time to making jokes? Because, like, yeah. he can. He's it's Superman. The, it's the Superman when there's, like, a, you know, an alien attacking the, the, the city. He still takes the time to, to rescue a kitten stuck in a tree or something, you know? Right. And he did in that movie. It's like <laughs> everyone's literally fighting for their lives with Steppenwolf and the mother boxes, you know, trying to prevent the apocalypse. And Superman's like, there's people who need help. And he yeah. lifts the whole building <laughs> flying across as whatever, you know, suspend your disbelief on how that building is still at one piece. Yeah. But, you know, he does, he exactly does. I would love to see a day in the life of Clark. Yeah, you like know, with Henry Cavill. Yeah, like not necessarily like a whole movie of that, but like have that sprinkled mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. there's there's like he's fighting, uh, um, uh, uh, so like a uh, fuck. He's fighting like a parademon <laughs> or something, right? Right, right. A uh, doomsday, and he doomsday knocks him through a building, and he lands, and he just so happens to see a a like a cat stuck in a tree or somebody that needs help and boom he quickly helps them and then goes back to fighting doomsday <laughs> you know right. something exactly. like that exactly i would oh okay here i have another pitch yeah I, I don't know if you want to move on from the subject but i'm like chomping at the bit i keep saying that because i am mm-hmm. uh there's this it's comic line i forget the name of it but essentially it's these character i think one's name is a uh, 
Black Britain to some I forget his name. But essentially these characters are taking advantage of Superman who he is. Yeah. Right. So they essentially uh they uh, they skirt the line knowing that Superman has a morality and they they take advantage of it. And then some people that Superman care for end up like injured or hurt. So that cuz they know Superman won't do anything cuz he's he has this moral uh, this moral uh, code. But at some point uh, towards the end he, he cracks and basically like goes all out and he he's like this crazy superman and he starts uh like i think he lobotomizes the guy he takes away his powers he drills like his uh he makes his laser eyes so fine and then he like destroys his powers in his brain yeah right and then he's like and in one of his friends he says if you can hear what i hear you can hear the pop of his brains exploding in space because he threw his friend in space yeah fuck right? man, that's that yeah Damn. but but here's the kicker he never did any of those things. <laughs> he just he just wanted to scare him. Yeah. So I would love to see that Superman where we see him is super go look and then you have these people who are taking advantage of who he is and then you see you think he snaps. Right? But in reality he he, uh, he remembers who he is and that mm-hmm. the person like this would would never allow him to break that code. And by the end of it uh, the guy like has I don't know. I think he's his powers are gone but you know he knows not to mess around with Superman. Yeah, there's this. Um, I don't know if uh, when was the last time you've seen Justice League Doom, but mm. there's this scene <laughs> where he's uh, he's fighting Ace from the Royal Flesh Gang, and Ace mm. is a, an animatroid human or not? It's a robot with like superhuman uh, strength, and uh, uh. he lets him get his his shots in, you know. But then Superman unleashes the whole fury of what is Superman. <laughs> You know, for like that millisecond, and and it's something where like he doesn't have to worry about hurting anybody because Ace is a robot. Right, right. So something like that, where he's like, it, it was a show of force to the other Royal Flush gangs that they were depending on. Like, hey, look, we have this muscle brute robot as protection, but Superman's like, yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's like leave the soups to care about you. Like, are you okay? I, my 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 chest wasn't too hard when you punched it, was it? Yeah. And it's like, it, it sounds pretentious, but he's a farm boy from Kansas. Exactly. It's like he doesn't know any better. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, but. I'd love to see that. But, <laughs> what were we talking about? Wonder Twins. Uh, Wonder Twins. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> we went to Wonder Twins. Either way, it's. I feel like maybe Discovery, you know, is giving us something to to raise our hopes a little bit. Hopefully, they have a, a well enough plan to. Essentially, I don't want to say rescue, but to lead the the DC EU into a, a good direction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, From what they've done, it's there's a pretty good first steps. Yeah, it's. I'm sure people are going to be all piss pissy about it. Naturally. <laughs> but you know, it's it's for the greater good of the characters and for the fan base. Because really, it's the move. These movies are. Yeah, everybody sees them. But the fan base is really who who they're aiming for. Right, right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about China. Oh, gosh. When I saw this article when you put up, I was like, really? You're like, America. America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, the CCP, and, and by China, I mean the CCP. Because, again, exactly. I reiterate, I have nothing against the Chinese people. They're living in, in, a, for, in a super unfortunate situation with a tyrannical government. But the CCP demanded that Sony remove the Statue of Liberty from the uh, No Way Home, the Spider-Man No Way Home. And Sony collectively said, 
go eat a dick and <laughs> and you know like like you said you felt like so patriotic and i was like yeah good on you sony Fuck yeah. <laughs> like right leave it to uh what'd you say leave it to a japanese company uh company to defend the rights of america exactly yeah. and rightfully so as they should yeah <laughs> yeah which is, is something that i feel like it's unfortunate how money is the main factor of decision making. Like we've mm-hmm. we've seen countless of movies be modified or added, uh, like whole sequences to appease the the CCP, the Chinese uh, Communist Party. Uh, you know, famously Top Gun, they redid the the the, oh. the 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 patches because one of them had a Taiwan flag, and, and China doesn't um, recognize Taiwan as an independent country. Right. Uh, uh, fucking like the last forty minutes of that one Transformer movies wasn't a hundred percent Mandarin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like even with Rise of Skywalker, as much as we have gripes with that, like oh, there's a lesbian kiss at the end, and it's like an easily edible out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So I I feel like good on Sony. There should be more companies taking a stand uh, against the the CCP and especially against censorship. You know, this is art. This is freedom of speech, something that us as a country should embrace. Yeah. And we should all collectively tell the CCP to go eat another bag of dicks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a, it's speaks volumes that they're trying to censor something that in Spider-Man, they doesn't, you know, represent what they stand for. Yeah. Statue of Liberty, you know, freedom of choice of doing what you can, what you want to do, and like, you know, shun the government, you know, act of rebellion in some ways, especially with the American Revolution. And, and now I'm interested what the Chinese people will see when it's banned in China. It's well, like, the, the movie as a whole yeah. was banned, so they didn't right. they didn't release it in China. Right, but I'm like, what's the reason? Oh, uh, America, like they had sensitive scenes from China, so we had to ban it for the good of the American, for the good of the Chinese people. You know what I mean? The CCP. So how they spin this <laughs> to uh, to justify them can't them not showing? You know, I'm pretty sure there's Spider-Man fans in China. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's like you said. Um... Uh, a couple minutes ago, it's it's um, recognizable, and Spider-Man is one of those recognizable characters. Um, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate yeah. that they, they live under such a tight grip on what they, they can and can't see. And it's like you've you've brought this up before, where people are so brainwashed there that they they can't see be beyond the 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 you know the the, the rose-colored glasses that they have been put upon, that have been forced upon them. Yeah, it's creepy. Very much so. Um, it's very creepy. We talked about this on numerous occasions, and I'll continually bring it up. But there's one where they had an interview of the the, the Tamanian Square massacre. Yeah. And one citizen was essentially said, uh, "I don't care if it doesn't matter about me. If the government doesn't want me to know, then I shouldn't care about it." And yeah. Like, that... People died. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Um, but do you think this is going to be? the start of you know the hollywood film industry being like you know no we're not going to to give into the chinese communist party's demands anymore i hope so i definitely like anyone's demands like if they don't want to watch our movies then don't watch the movies but we know that the populace loves american movies we're the highest standard in the land you know yeah we're, that's we're the, the ones one thing we do yeah that's exactly <laughs> we have our whole west coast 
uh, states are made to make movies, right? Exactly. Go, right? Yeah. It's something that's internationally, it feels like it's a pastime almost to the lines of baseball to America, you know, going to the movie theater, even in like France, Italy, Germany, movies was something that bonded all of us as a community, an international yeah. community. But for, for China to be like, yeah, we don't want it because we don't agree, like effectively cancel Spider-Man because they don't agree with what it represents, then they can go, you know, eat a collective bag of, you know, Wieners? Yeah, wieners. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would fill in the blank. <laughs> fill in the blank. I mean, you're still up with, it's what, five, we're five months into the year and you're still with your vow of uh, celibacy not towards cursing. not cursing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been very, I've gotten used to it. I say dang it a lot though now. Dang it. It just, yeah. it just, to me, it's something where it's like, I respect that you want to you want to do that in a way to like better yourself, but fuck that, you know. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, it's 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 um yeah it's I'm hoping like 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 you said that that this is the beginning for for a change, a real change. Like who knows exactly. how many how many movies have been altered just so that they appease the the Chinese Communist Party. Like even and, Top Gun. I, yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. That's uh, Top Gun is like American film. Exactly. Right? Like it's it's about our military fighting, you know, the true enemy Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. But you, you know, the, we bend a knee because they don't agree with what the flag or one of the flags on the patches. Like what? Yeah, and and then coming back to Fast and the Furious, like we saw that John Cena apology video in Mandarin. Oh God. It's like what? <laughs> the fuck is happening like okay if if he messed up uh, according to them saying that taiwan was going to be the first country to to air the film right and then everybody's like uh you should apologize or else we're not going to make the billion dollars that we make in that country oh and it's 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 unfortunate it's terrible but unfortunately that's the the way the money goes and really anybody making movies is only concentrated in the bottom line yeah it's as much as we argue with you know content streaming and all that the old guard are yelling about i i draw the line when it comes to changing a movie just to you know cite your needs yeah and it's it was crazy because i was reading the 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 article and it said that sony potentially lost from like 150 to 370 million dollars but spider-man still made like a billion and a half dollars yeah like does (laughs) is this going to show especially the numbers on the bottom end is it going to show that we don't really need like i'm talking we as a as a collective here like the 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 film industry doesn't need the money coming out of china yeah exactly it's still made over a billion dollars it's what like the fifth top grossing movie of all time yeah in like what two weeks yeah, some some crazy amount of time like crazy. that. Right, exactly, and it's it's hopefully the you know these uh, corporations and these developer developers these studios only know numbers, right? It's it's easy to put a face to them like oh they care about our collective conscience or they care about what's going through our personal lives, but they don't. They just see the numbers. Yeah. So it's uh, hopefully especially with Spider Man, this proves that oh you don't have to cater to outside powers to make money. I mean, the people, we have enough people here to be able, if it's a good enough film 
even in marketing sales like if if it doesn't succeed as it should be then make the next movie you know you'd have to lower it as a result or not even have it but make that very clear to the consumer that oh there's no sequel because not a lot of people watched it you know there's there's something that's uh there's no middleman when it comes to these movies lowering or being canceled yeah but it, okay so like would that make us reimagine like reimagine and redesire what we want out of movies because really the whole sequel mm. and remake and all that shit stemmed from the movies starting like obviously the technology getting better but mm-hmm. the movie's starting to make more and more money. Yeah. You know? So yeah, would, yeah. would this re- re- change the way we consume films where we're good with just one? You know, maybe two. But we don't need four or five and then a remake, you know, five years <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, as much as, in my experience, the production of film or the creation of a movie, it's very, uh, it's very paranoid mm. when it comes to the studios, right? The studios, like you said... How many of those movies are based on a previous franchise that has an established fan base? Yeah. Like, they, they bank on that. Like, say, just Harry Potter in general, as much as we know Harry Potter now. But if it didn't have that prolific fan base, it wouldn't have made a movie out of it. Yeah. Because that's, you know that that's going to make the studio like, oh, we know there's we're going to make some money. Hopefully it explodes. Right? There's not, um, there's no more... Uh, those standalone films anymore because there's no fan base there's no credible action that oh if we put in if we put in all this time money effort blood and tears in this movie that it'll make money there's not that that uh, paranoia within it and china was like that uh, too now we know china's gonna make money if we you know appease them yeah that's it's unfortunate uh speaking of which like you know the remakes of harry potter's is coming <laughs> 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 you know it's coming like speaking to you as a fan you know like it's been 20 years mm. how much more until they said you know what? let's do it again yeah like even with the it's their kids this time yeah like there, there's always a generation of uh especially with strong fandoms like harry potter star wars star trek there's gonna be some film in some capacity even sonic who would have yeah. thonks who would have thunk who would have <laughs> thought sonic would be a movie yeah, that's something where it's like you think Sonic as a kids video game because yeah. like you look at the game, especially the early renditions in in the um, the consoles where it's you know just this blue little dude running around collecting coins. <laughs> right. You know, there wasn't really anything of of much substance to them, but they figured out a way to spawn, you know, one movie, two movies, three movies, potentially four movies. Yeah, a TV show. A maybe. TV, yeah, a whole yeah. Sonic the Universe, <laughs> Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog universe. <laughs> yeah, and and hopefully the stance that Sony made. I know we're just kind of blowing it up. It's just one act. Yeah, we want to see it on other bigger, you know, like Paramount or anything like that. Yeah, stances. But it, I, I would, lo- I love to see that kind of progress. In my opinion, just say yeah. no. We're gonna make the film like we make, we want it. And if, it, if you don't like it, then go after yourself. Tough shit, yeah. And like you said, it's it's one step, but it's a massive step. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, How long it, have we been, you know, on the teat of Chinese, <laughs> Chinese money? It's yeah, kind of hard. And, yeah, and it's like it's so ingrained into, you know, not only film, but sports, uh, 
Mm. Uh, uh, right. Sports being a crazy one, but it's it's so intertwined with us that we need to get to the point where we're saying, hey, enough's enough. Yeah. You know, I was kind of hoping uh, out of all the horribleness that came from the pandemic, you know, one of the things that a lot of people were noticing was that we don't make anything anymore. Yeah. And right at the very right at the very beginning of the pandemic, when there was you know everything was starting to shut down and we were having shortages of medicine and important shit that maybe we should do here, you know, yeah. maybe we shouldn't rely on on China to to make all of our medicine and stuff like that. But right, unfortunately, it kind of gets to feel like it's going to go back to business as usual. Yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, especially when you think about those are what the fifties and the sixties. Yeah, we're we're very independent and we we flourished as a nation. Yeah, I mean, even with music, I'm not much of a jazz dude, but just the idea of jazz make being created. Yeah, like, it's, who would have thought a music genre would just be created? <laughs> like, yeah, it's something that I've been like actively trying to do is trying to buy stuff not made in China. You know, if if I mm. I know there are things that are that are complicated like electronics. Yeah, definitely. But there's stuff where I'm like I'm constantly going on Amazon, and if I see something I need and I want, I look in the 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 product details to see where where it's made. And if they don't say, I'll ask like, hey, where is this made? And if it says made in China, I I just won't buy it. I'll yeah. look for something that's made you know either here in America, which is ideal, but somewhere where they don't treat their people like. Like ter- terribly you know right exactly like sheep yeah exactly yeah it's uh who would have thought spider-man would be you know the ground the line <laughs> that we draw on the <laughs> yeah i mean what a what a fucking line to draw though right right <laughs> <laughs> all right um fantastic four apparently lot yeah apparently lost this director i didn't yeah. know yeah yeah, it's it's weird, right? Yeah, it, it, it didn't just begin production as well. Yeah, and I like I don't want to have you spoil anything, but I already know that um, Reeve Richards shows up in uh, the Multiverse of Madness, right? Maybe. You can just nod. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but do you know who it is though? It's John Krasinski. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers! Oh my gosh, it's like the biggest. I mean, but they've been saying John Krasinski as Mr. Right. Fantastic for like five years. But who would have thought they listened they would to the listen. fans? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. who would have thought? And like, hopefully, Emily. Oh gosh, you're gonna make me go on a tangent because that scene made me like scream in the theater. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It, Did you have yeah. the same reaction as uh, Green Lantern in Justice League? If do you know the whole scene? Because Not, I don't like, know the I don't know the back. whole scene, but I have a I have an idea. Okay, like there's yeah. a, there's there's that one made me like jump, but another scene within that same scene made me like Justice League uh, scream. Really? Is it is it when he dies? No, you, no. You'll see. <laughs> what? What? You know? Why do you keep reading? <laughs> you keep spoiling these stuff. Spoilers. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's it's an interesting replacement who they got to direct the the Fantastic Four. Right. right. Brad Bird. Right. Brad Bird. Who was in... Exactly. Which is essentially a Fantastic Four <laughs> Fantastic Four, which is yeah, Incredible Girl. I yeah. think her name is Incredible Girl. I don't know. Elastigirl, uh, Violet. That, um, Violet, right. Jack uh, of all trades, Mr. Incredible. Uh, and Mr. Incredible, right. The fuck's... Jack. No, what the fuck's the, the speeder? Uh, speedy? <laughs> no, yeah. that's, that's someone else. Uh, Flash, no. Wait, Flash, no. 
Uh, the, Something the, the, along those lines. Right, yeah. So yeah. he runs fast. But yeah, who would have thunk him to be able to make a Fantastic Four? He's right at home. It makes sense. Yeah, it definitely it makes, makes perfect sense. sense. And it's, it's honestly something that we've had two Fantastic Four movies in the past 25 years now at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously there are restraints with technology. There are restraints with a lot of things that limit the, the capability of Fantastic Four. And then we had a Fantastic Four in 2015 and would just completely shit the bed. Right, you just want to vomit in your mouth. Yeah. And I credit that to studio interference more than anything. But with this one, when you have the, that the rights reverted back to Marvel and you have a, a studio that actually knows what they're doing, it's very exciting. Yeah, it's uh, this phase so far. It's not lackluster to me, mm-hmm. but it's very, uh, it's very like okay. Yeah, you know, you, there's not really much of a direction. Like at least the other phases, you had this big bad, and that was Thanos, and you had this, but. When it comes to Fantastic Four, especially that we haven't seen a very good representation of the first superhero family, yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna do the Silver Surfer. Oh, they would have to, wouldn't they? It depends. Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on whether or not when they reach to Galactus. Mm, not a, just a cloud. Yeah. Of us. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's it's um it's exciting. I like the dude Brad Bird. I still think that the first uh, Mr. Incredibles film is, you know, it's animated, but it's one of the best superhero movies of all time. Exactly, and just to I just can imagine Sinestro, uh, Doctor Doom, but yes, a, a comic accurate Doctor Doom. Yeah, fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the new Jackass film? No, I haven't. I no. tried to talk my mom into it. Just really? To see her reaction. <laughs> right. But I saw her, I showed her the trailer and she's like, nah. Nah, not for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jackass is, is a property that, you know, I grew up loving, especially because it's just so stupid and silly. And <laughs> you don't have to really think about anything. And I haven't seen the, the new one yet, but the, the news about a Jackass TV series um, being in the works at Paramount Plus. Has got me a little like I don't know if that's gonna work. Mm. You know, it's like once you capture lightning in the bottle, it's gonna be super hard to replicate. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. You know, apparently they in the movie they brought on like a new generation of jackass dudes, stunt mm. like performers. Mm-hmm. But it's I know it's not gonna be the same. You know, it's not gonna be the same. You know, Knoxville, Stevo, you know, like all those guys and. And them trying to replicate it, it just—I feel like it's gonna feel off. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was really happy, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, cool! Like my kids get to be a holes," you know, like <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, you do bring up a great point because when Jackass was created, it, it felt like it was a, of its time. Yeah, <laughs> so it, a different time. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's you know the late nineties, early two thousands. That was an era of humanity that just it won't happen again. Right. And you know it it captured the people's imagination just because like that was really if anything like the first reality you know one of the first reality TV shows. Mm. But they just it was just a, bu- a group of friends you know being dicks to each other and fucking around. <laughs> if one gets literally their ball busted you know exactly you get paid get a replacement yeah yeah Yeah, and and just just uh 
just Johnny Knoxville, you know, the, the instigator of the whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the stunts are from his twisted mind. Yeah. And he pushed the envelope on that. So I don't know if there would be a person or an individual I haven't seen yet, not to judge, but uh, to be able to do exactly what he did. Yeah. But, fraction. Yeah, but you also have to like consider that if Jackass, the the new TV series, it's probably going to be catered for today's climate. Mm. You know where right. it it like. In, in an environment, of, like a jackass environment, I'm not saying it won't work, but I'm saying it like, would it work for the wrong, like, would it work for the right reasons? Right. You I know? hope so. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> so. you look at the, 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 the original, you know, jackass TV show, and they did horrible shit to each other. <laughs> horrible shit to each other. But it was all in, in like, the name of getting a laugh. Right. Like, will the, the new generation of jackass performers approach it the same way that they did right right i when i think of that of this show i don't picture you know people slinking away from it mm-hmm. like the one that comes to mind is the riot uh the right barricade thing i think it was uh steve-o uh bam and uh johnny knoxville and like johnny knoxville literally just talked bam and steve-o and they said yes yeah <laughs> Right, and like, yeah. they got shot, and then like they they hated it, but it was all for a laugh. Yeah, you but, could tell that that scene like um, yeah. <laughs> was it Knoxville? No, Knoxville was like, yeah, I'll do it. But Bam and Steve-O were like, no, was it Steve or was it Ryan Dunn? Oh, it's Ryan Dunn. You're right. Yeah, they Ryan were Dunn, like, right. fuck that. But yeah. eventually, like a, a few minutes of them talking and course and boom, they got it done. Yeah, <laughs> they saw it. <laughs> Like the first, yeah. he saw it at work, and he's like, "Yeah, he sees you guys. He sees like f that. Yeah, like, you're crazy, <laughs> or something like that." And then they did it anyway. Yeah. So uh, we haven't seen it yet. Maybe it'll surprise us. You know, yeah. With I'm, NDAs I'm, and contracts. <laughs> How much yeah. Push? I'm planning on watching it. You know, within the next few weeks. It's mm-hmm. it's something that obviously I'm a huge fan of Jackass, and uh, I feel like Jackass Four. Could be like a, a really good love letter to Ryan Dunn. So I'm hoping that they do something yeah. with that. Yeah. But it's just that the whole prospect of continuing, you know, the shenanigans that they were doing in today's climate, in today's, through today's point of view. And, you know, it's probably not going to capture the magic again. Yeah, which is a shame because there's a whole generation missing out on just kicking your friend in the balls. Exactly. You like know, that no was, judgment. That was, that was a whole thing and you didn't yeah. fucking like you probably you cried but what you did was you kicked them <laughs> right back right exactly <laughs> it's that oomph where we all uh, despite anything in our color our sexual orientation laughing and pain yeah is something we all have in common oh god that was loud yeah um yeah all right so viola davis is possibly gonna get her own spinoff uh with her character amanda waller what do you feel about that? Uh, I f- I'm excited, but I'm also a little uh, skeptical. Yeah. Like, I, I love the Amanda Waller character. Mm-hmm. She's fucking insane and a badass. But, like, is she... Unless they, like, she they, they focus on her backstory, like yeah. how it is that she became who she was, I don't see that this... this this character could hold a series on her own maybe like a one season miniseries but if they're planning on doing like multiple seasons like peacemaker 
I don't see how it would work. You know, Peacemaker works because it's an ensemble. Exactly. If they're going to focus a show just solely around Amanda Waller, like, what's going to happen there? Yeah, and it says it's going to be after the show ended, which essentially they outed Waller as the one who, you know, Task Force X, that's her old, her baby. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like you said, I don't, I, at the moment, I don't picture her... Because there's always been her and Task Force X. Yeah. Her and a team. It's like, that's where the, the dynamic comes into. But for her to be on her own effectively without a, a, a an ensemble, like you said, I don't, I don't... I feel like it's just a cash grab at this point. Yeah, I, I feel you. It's... The only way I could see that happening is that once all the, the fallout happens and essentially she'll probably end up losing her government job, mm. you know, they then she decides to, you know what, I'm going to, you know, enact revenge on not only the Peacemaker crew, but the Suicide Squad crew. Mm. She's like, killing them? <laughs> I mean, she's fucking badass enough to do so. Yeah, I would love. See, now I'd love to see. As much as it sucks to see like these characters get killed off, but you know, seeing Amanda Waller become the Wall. Yeah. Yeah. The one character who threatened Batman, and Batman was like, probably wouldn't fuck with her. (laughs) 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 Right. Exactly. I would love to see that kind of character. Yeah, it's like the character is interesting and, and hardcore enough to. To be able to be represented on screen, you know, perfectly. And I think Viola Davis does an amazing job doing so. Yeah, yeah. It's just like if you're trying to uh, create a TV show solely based on her, it's going to fail. I don't want to say fail, but like fall flat. Yeah, it's going to be iffy. I mean, they'll surprise us, I'm sure. But I, I, for the life of me, I can't think of how. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, concept. And... Once it airs, we're going to fucking watch it for sure. <laughs> and depending on who it is that they, they get to you know, be in charge of it, they said that she's going to executive produce. Yeah. Uh, which so just means, good. yeah, which just means they're going to put up money. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. If yeah. they have a dance, you know, sequence Intro? at the beginning, I'm sold. Yeah. You're in it. That'd be funny. Sold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go, go into this and then finish with the big stuff. So Neil Blomkamp, extremely visually interesting director, is working with the developers of a video game called Off the Grid to create a cyberpunk-esque battle royale video game. Yeah. That's something that, obviously the battle royale aspect I'm not too keen on, but Neil Blomkamp is one of the directors that is so visually interesting, it might just end up working. Yeah, it's like a majority of his films, I mean, pretty much all his films, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chappie, District 9, Elysium. Like, the majority of his films feel like video games within themselves. Yeah, and they have that look as well. Right, right. So it's it's interesting to see what they would do. You know, like we, we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, how there's the... the the battle royale genre has engulfed the first-person shooter game. Yeah, and they try to mesh the, you know, the just the generic go shoot 'em up type of thing multiplayer with an actual narrative. So maybe that's where he's going to help them with. Yeah, I, it's it's always been this balance of gameplay and story, and it's usually it's it's gameplay that triumphs in this battle. But seeing Neil Bloomkamp 
have that creative energy and like he wants this to be a a blend of both like story and gameplay when that's got me excited a bit especially yeah. when it comes to his uh like anti-establishment kind of films <laughs> you know <laughs> so seeing that in a video game sense and in a battle royale sense nonetheless is it's an interesting idea yeah it's it's super interesting like a few years ago he decided to just put up a whole bunch of independently produced uh essentially mini movies shorts that yeah. were beautiful beyond like anything i could describe yeah and they were all had that sci-fi look that he's very well versed in you know so have him bring that to a video game which is like video games yeah they're a genre where you have endless amount of uh leeway to play with <laughs> you know but right. i don't feel like there has been a video game that meshes the whole you know battle royale aspect with a, a, a really good storyline yeah yeah and i would love to see that just because I, I play a lot of apex and i play a lot of warzone but there's not been that lore behind really much of the characters other than like hey it's price like yeah. that's cool but that's that's detached from the whole game at warzone itself like i play that's from other games so i'd love to see this be a, a focused product of both worlds sort of deal yeah, it's interesting. And how about what about Neil Blomkamp directing a Superman movie? Ah, uh, that'd be difficult. Would it? Yeah, it would because uh, it feels like someone like like I said, his his films kind of have someone uh, have this main character who's he's essentially like you know kind of a d bag, and uh, have him uh, attack the establishment in a degree. Yeah. Right. You you see that in District Nine. You see that with uh, with the shrimps. I don't know what are they called shrimps. What are they called? <laughs> you know, he was the, a government worker. Yeah, the aliens. Essentially, right. He essentially became uh, the ones that he was basically discriminating against. Same with Elysium, and uh, same with Chappie. But I haven't seen Chappie, so. I don't. <laughs> so yeah. I would. How about how about this? I have a counter pitch. All right. Uh, a Bizarro Superman. Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be interesting just in general, because Bizarro. <laughs> Bizarro. But Bizarro is like he's a product of Superman. Yeah. So he's already in that stance of being a uh, like anti, not Superman, but you know, I anti-establishment sort of deal. You know, wronged in a way. Yeah. See, now I'm trying to think like what superhero or villain would fit that role that would perfectly slide in with Neil Blomkamp's directing style. Lobo. Cyber. So, oh no, yeah. Um, What's this? What the fuck's his name? Uh, I know you're who you're talking about, but I don't. Cyber. No, fuck. What's his name? Uh, fuck. I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm blanking. Cy- no. Cyborg. It's Cyborg. There you go. Cyborg. Really? Yeah. I thought you were thinking. <laughs> you think Cyborg. Right. Cyborg. Yeah. Think? Cyborg. Yeah. Definitely. I I could see Cyborg in a not a, essentially an Elysium s kind of narrative, but you know, sci a cyberpunk kind of a kind of setting. Yeah futuristic-esque yeah yeah interesting all right let's talk about the meat and bones of it all oh, 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 oh. so tuesday morning i wake oh. up yeah <laughs> i wake up and open youtube as i am to do and there it is in all its glory uh, oh, the oh, kenobi oh. teaser oh. <laughs> i immediately after watching it like five times sent it to ernie because i know he doesn't wake up early <laughs> so <laughs> um okay what did you think i i was excited but now i it's like a cocaine hit yeah i, I need i need it in front of me 
like right now and why is it only six episodes or what was it five episodes i think it's six yeah six episodes why is it so short <laughs> and yeah and apparently it's, is it going to be like a standalone season yeah yeah along the lines of wandavision yeah bummer and uh moon knight yeah <laughs> fuck but yeah god damn it the kenobi it, did you che- tear up i went well, towards the 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 end the spot the end yeah. i got i was i was legitly scared scared yeah it, i was it has, scared <laughs> it has the sense of utter and bitter like total despair yeah you know it picks up right after everything happened at the end of uh empire no not empire uh, Re- revenge. revenge of the sith yeah yeah so they're clearly hunting uh jedi and it, it just because the obvious connection between him and Anakin and Darth Vader, Darth Vader has a personal vendetta against Obi Wan, <laughs> right? And that's what the Inquisitors are doing, right? They're hunting specifically him. Yeah, you know, like if any other Jedi stands in the way, obviously they're going to kill him, but they want him alive. Yeah, he's like which number is, one on the you know list. Exactly, number one on the hit list. And that scene where it, it looks like he's being presented uh, in front of uh, Vader. And as soon as you, you he hears the breathing, you could tell, you could feel the pain and chills. anguish that he has because his, you know, his essentially his son, his brother, yeah, became the uber bad guy. Yeah, yeah. The Emperor's Enforcer, right? The right hand. He's yeah. Like, just, just that realization... Like in the anime TV show, because if in case you haven't watched the anime TV show, they he has an apprentice and he's that that's Ahsoka Tano and we do see her in the Mandalorian. Yeah. But it take it takes her a a bit of a while to figure out who Vader is, right? The connection between Anakin and Vader aren't really there. But when it comes to this trailer, and uh, like granted it is a trailer, so it may be a shot out of sequence. Yeah. But I would like to think that this, the realization that Vader's Anakin is almost instantaneous with Obi-Wan just because of that, like you said, brother-child connection. Exactly, yeah. And I like this, the scene where he's confronting um, Uncle, Uncle Ben, no, Uncle, Uncle Owen, Owen. Yeah. about wanting to train Luke. And then he just throws it back like he trained his father. Oh, my God, dude. I'm so <laughs> pissed off. I was like, you mother... You deserve being vaporized. Exactly, you're gonna be all crispy and shit in a few yeah. in, a few, in a few years. <laughs> you and you and your lay. No, just yeah, it's it's a, a obviously it's a TV show. It's a TV show. It's a product that we've as a fan base have collectively been yearning for since the last since they announced that they're gonna do standalone. Um, or no, since they since they announced that they're gonna reboot the the Star Wars franchise. Right. And then they, they announced that they're going to do standalone films, and everybody's like, "Yeah, do a Kenobi film." And then that went away for a while when they, you know, the whole Ruin Johnson thing happened, and <laughs> then Lucasfilm like collected themselves and came back and decided that maybe the best avenue for for them to do these standalones is a series. Now that they have the the launch of uh, Disney Plus, right? And this looks amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And I I don't know if I, I don't know if you caught you probably caught on to this, but when the little dialogue in the teaser, did you get a sense of Alec Guinness in his performance? Yeah, a little bit. Just, exactly, a little just, bit. 
exact just his enunciations you know mm-hmm. it's been it, it makes me think of like i haven't heard of that name in a long time long, like, yes. uh, oh like those enunciations that he that ewan had uh mcgregor had it, it felt like he was he was focusing his he was kind of alluding to his alec guinness character yeah and especially now that uh ewan mcgregor is older you know he is right. closer to the age of uh alec guinness back when he when they shot the um, the new hope so he has that the, the it, I, I would imagine it'll be easier to you know replicate some of those mannerisms and some of the cadences that he had, and, and then especially them both being you know from the the UK, right, right. But I just feel like fucking oh, Ewan McGregor, just give him every everything and keep him as <laughs> Obi Wan as forever and ever. Because god damn it, it's I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Star Wars property. Yeah. Like the whole, even with Vader showing up, yeah. Like towards the end, we we see him basically being assembled, hopefully in front of Ewan yeah, Obi Wan. Yeah. Right, but just that dynamic. Just just thinking about Vader fighting him. They're they're he, he, they're not in their prime anymore at that moment. But they're they are enough to see. I remember I remember the animation you sent me about uh, Vader and Obi Wan. They did a recreation uh, mm-hmm. in the Death Star, New Hope, and they're doing like what they did in uh, their prequels, you know, the yeah. flips and doing all these uh, fluid motions. So I would love to see that now. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. it's like the one The one thing, obviously, A New Hope, it starts off the the, the wonder and the, the fascination with Star, with Star Wars with a lot of people, including myself. But looking back at it, it's kind of slow, super yeah. slow. Yeah. And then they somebody reimagined that fight scene between him and um, with Obi-Wan and Vader where it's more dynamic. Mm. which is something that I feel like that movie was missing. And hopefully yeah. this, the Kenobi TV show brings some of that. Yeah, exactly. And there, I don't know if, I think there was a, a friend of mine who wanted to see, uh, he brought up the idea of the seeing Vader getting used to his, his armor first. Yeah. So I would love to see this Anakin uh, Vader be, you know, he still thinks he can still move as though he doesn't have the suit. Yeah. So I'd love to see that him like his getting his rage gets the better of him and he tries to do, you know, a flip back when he was still whole and he can't do that anymore and then the armor like fractures or something like that. Just seeing that that uh that build up to who we know as Vader now, the slow kind of brooding force of nature that's just walking towards you, but he will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> that that deal. that scene at the end of Rogue One. Yes. Everything that le- leads up to that. Exactly, because he doesn't he he doesn't move like that, but he he's like he's on point with his flourishes, right? Yeah. So it's like I want to see that he learned that from being whooped on by Obi Wan during <laughs> the TV series. That, yeah, that that is interesting. Seeing the Vader adapt to his new body, but would that would that be better suited for like a Vader TV series? Maybe, maybe. You know, rather. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I was rather than overload this Kenobi with you know a whole bunch of things, and just focus on we have it focus between Kenobi and and Vader, and then have a Vader TV series where it is Vader you know becoming the Vader that we all know through myth because we yeah. we know yeah. Vader as like this incredible badass, but in the movies he wasn't really he didn't really do anything you know. Yeah, he was uh, he was actually a myth to the rebels. He thought they were just like a propaganda, imperial propaganda, until Rogue One. Yeah, and th- it wasn't propaganda. <laughs> it was. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I would love to see something called uh, like Vader: The Dark Times, and it's just him, you know, seeking out Jedi and you know trying to kill as much as he can. 
looking or for Obi Wan. Looking for um, Luke. Yeah, or even even that they could do time skips where he finds out who Luke was, and then we follow him from there. You know, like kind of a kind of a Martin Scorsese esque kind of film where we catch up on three different life, three different moments in Vader's life. Yeah. Oh man, but thankfully it's almost here. It comes out later this month. Um, yeah. I kind of get the feeling that it came out of nowhere, right? Like we always, obviously, we heard that they've been working on a. a an Obi-Wan series, and we saw the trailer about a month ago, but then all of a sudden, they just dropped it on us. Oops, I just hit my mic. They just <laughs> dropped it on us on exactly. uh, May the 4th, you know? Yeah. Star Wars yeah, Day. waited. Right, exactly, exactly. And those conniving a-holes, they knew exactly. what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. Hmm. Do you think that the future of Star Wars is TV shows rather than, you know, big blockbuster films? Hmm. See, that, that's a good question. And I want to say nine. So German, no. No, no. As a German, no. Just because uh, I, 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 you're bringing up like the, the sequel trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like as though they don't flesh out as much of the narrative as they should as a TV show should. Yeah. But uh, Star Wars was, in, was started in the movies. And just to be able to craft that narrative within a span of two hours or so hopefully not three but you know two hours is something that is unique to star wars itself mm-hmm. so okay well i would like to see the, the tv show be more of a active role within that narrative not to fill in plot holes you know something that could express different characters that are hinted at from the movies in some degree but not yeah. focus on those yeah, I get, I get the sense, but yeah, I, yeah. I I would also no. like to see it as a, like a a filler as well. Mm, the you know? TV shows. Yeah, the TV shows, or like right. I like the idea that they're taking Obi Wan and giving him you know much more story to to for them to play around with the character. But like, why not have you know the TV show leads up to an event and then boom, the movie comes out and the event continues into the movie. See, I I love I would love that idea. Like I it's something that Marvel does. Yeah, but I'm afraid because I don't like. And I I've told you this multiple times. I don't like it going to a movie needing to have homework. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to go. I don't need to like say the Doctor Strange and the, the film that's coming out. Not a spoiler, but you probably need to watch one uh, WandaVision to get some gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't. I I don't want to really see that with Star Wars where I would have to. Which is a, it's cool. Like personally, as a fan, I would love to have that. But personally. As just, uh, you know, having new experiences moving forward. I don't want it to be like the MCU where, you know, you have to go in and know who these characters are prior to watching. And it seems like Marvel's drifting towards that nowadays. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, Obi-Wan, it's going to be fucking amazing, I hope. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It could be like fanboys where what if it sucks? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like that... Who's going to be like the the main enfor- enforcer of the Inquisitors? That Jedi hunter. That feels like it's going to be a perfect example of how it doesn't matter who p- portrays that character as long as it's mm. well done. Exactly. Exactly. So, so there are a lot of hopes for the Kenobi TV show. Um, and it's it comes out on May twenty seventh, I believe. You know, right. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, along those lines. Yeah, towards yeah. the end of the month. The only thing is that why the fuck is it episodic? Why can't they just bump <laughs> it all and we go from there? You know. Yeah, like I I have my mixed opinions about that, but 
But yeah, why why not? <laughs> I push it back to like a like a month. But if I get all of it at once, then I'm happy. Yeah, and another thing that would be awesome is that if they released it Christmas time. Oh, yeah. You've always said that we we are not going to get a Star Wars movie in Christmas anymore. It's like yeah. a present. Yeah. And now we're going to have Obi Wan. Mid mid year. <laughs> yeah, mid year. <laughs> Yeah, is is this the only uh, Star Wars property being released this year? Is Mandalorian going to come out later in the year, or we don't know yet? I, I we don't know yet. I think around celebration we'll know for sure. Okay, yeah, because there's something magical about having a Star Wars property around Christmas time. Exactly, it feels it feels nice. It, makes it does feel warm inside. Yeah, it's it's something beautiful, and um, I hope there there is one for later this year because you know we need something to live for. uh, (laughs) it's getting pretty steep (laughs) yeah um but how was uh moon knight by the way i haven't finished it yet (laughs) you haven't finished it yeah yeah it it finished this week right yeah i did yeah so i'm i'm gonna start it later today or next week or next weekend just because it's a pretty busy weekend for for me it's mother's day on sunday so right right yeah Yeah. but it's on sunday i thought it was on monday no it's on sunday it's on Sunday. Oh shoot! Yeah, it's right. um, Mother's Day in the in the U.S. is always on Sunday. Oh, okay. So okay, I, I see. Yeah, but anyways, that's our show for this week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I've been your host, like always, Joe, accompanied by my good buddy Ernesto. Hello. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For show updates, follow us on Substack and Twitter. Links are in the description. You can find new episodes weekly on whichever podcast platform you swore allegiance to.